The NFL is on vacation, if there is such a thing. Uh, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports end by Josh Alper, Pro Football Talk. And Josh, does the NFL ever go on vacation? Uh, I think we're we're as close as we get for the next few weeks here. So uh, I, I know I'm going I'm going on a little bit of a vacation. So the NFL can do what it wants, but I'm going to take my little time where I can get it. Good move. I, I, if I were in your situation, I would I would definitely be doing that. This would seem to be the time to do it. All right, so speaking of vacation, DeAndre Hopkins is without a team. Uh, he's roughly making $20 million not to play for the Cardinals. Is Hopkins a good enough player right now at this stage of his career to boost an NFL contender into like a conference championship team? I think that that may be pushing it a little bit, but I, I think he's good enough to take a middling uh, to slightly below average receiving core and make it you know something a little bit more appealing. And, and I think the two teams that he's visited, the Titans and the Patriots, are, are really in need of that. And uh, I don't know that he makes them you know top contenders. And certainly the Patriots in the AFC East, that's going to be a, a you know a tough division I think across the board this year, but. I think he's the kind of receiver that get, would give either quarterback in those places a, a real reliable hand that, that isn't currently on the uh, on the roster. Okay, so let's kind of expand on those two teams. In fact, uh, it's kind of going to do that anyway. How good would Hopkins, if he landed in New England, how good do you think the Patriots could be? I think they can be a playoff team. I, I think it, it is hard to see them winning that division, but I, I think that it. You know, you could see them winning nine, ten games. Uh, you know, uh, Bill O'Brien should be a huge upgrade offensively as a coach, and, and clearly as a guy who who has worked with Hopkins. I, I know it wasn't the best relationship, but it is something that uh, they he got the best out of Hopkins. He got more out of Hopkins than, than I think they did in Arizona, and I think that's something that would be a great need for a Patriots team. I'm, I, I think that the defense is very interesting there. Uh, they've sort of remade it on the fly. And, and I think the offense, if, if you were to get back to where it was in 2021, which is, you know, league average-ish, I, I think you have a, a real chance to make the playoffs. Uh, so I, I think that's something where, where Hopkins would be of great value to that team. Okay, so would Hopkins make a big difference in Tennessee, where he also visited, as you mentioned? I mean, as of right now, you know, Tennessee's number one receiver is, you know, Traylon Burks, whose rookie year was not, you know, number one receiver stuff. It, it, it would be much nicer if he was a third receiver, I think, at this point in his career. Uh, so and anything you can do to give Ryan Tannehill more options and anything you can do to create more breathing room for Derrick Henry when he runs the ball is, is a big plus for Tennessee. But you know, I, I think Tennessee has sort of been doing this halfway rebuild the last couple of years, and I, I don't love the results of it. I think that, you know, the, the decision to change general managers last year was a very telling one. I, I think this team got a little bit off track, and there's more work to do. I, I think Hopkins would not move the needle as much for Tennessee as he might for the, for the Patriots. All right, so you mentioned uh, you know the AFC East, certainly intriguing in large part because Aaron Rodgers has landed in the swamps of Jersey with the Jets. Entering training camp, who, who's the best team in the AFC? Uh, AFC East, excuse me. Narrow it down to that. Well, I, I think you, 
you know, you, you'd have to still give it to the Bills, although the, the Stefan Diggs drama at the end of, of the offseason program is certainly something to watch as they head into training camp. It, it does feel like the Bills are a team where this is it. This, this year is really for this window, this, this group, this era, whatever you want to say. It, it, it's time that they have to put it all together and do something. They took a step backwards last year, didn't make it as far. Um, or have taken steps backwards. They haven't made it to the AFC title game now in the last the last couple of years, and and that's a big that's a big difference from a team that seemed poised. You know, had the Chiefs beat a couple of years ago and and gave up that game. Uh, so it, it does feel like that that something is that that move has to be made. That that trip back up to the top has to come, and and that's a lot of pressure to carry into the season. Until someone shows they're clearly better, I, I still think they're the class of the division. But I, I think that the Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots all have to feel like, you know, that something may be in reach if, if what looks like behind-the-scenes issues continue to spill to the front of the page. You mentioned Stefan Diggs. Is he ever going to be happy whether, you know, just looking, considering his history of Minnesota and Buffalo and, for that matter, even the University of Maryland for a while? Yeah, I know he, he's sort of that old, that prototypical defense receiver who is phenomenal on the field and, and, you know, anytime the ball's not in his hands, seems to be uh, completely dissatisfied. And we've seen those players before, and we've seen teams win with those players before. I, I think he's a winning football player, and, and you can win with, you know, with him having these occasional scouts. But if there really is some deeper issue between him and Josh Allen and, and – it felt like there were hints of that in, in the comments at the end of the spring that, you know, that, that this could be a year, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're looking at Antonio Brown's situation, but, you know, maybe some of the the lesser Randy Moss, Terrell Owens years where it, uh, it really impacted the play on the field. But I, I also think there's every chance that Diggs will be fine by the time the season starts and, and everyone will be able to put their business aside. Uh, I, you know, I, I would be concerned if I were the Bills about something, but I, I think you have time to work on it and time to address the issues between now and the start of the season. Tyreek Hill, his latest reported legal issues, you know, the, the NFL law and order you know, system seems inconsistent, but let's put it this way. Can the Dolphins afford Hill missing any time to maybe to a suspension and still like win the AFC East? Uh, a game or two, yeah, I think it could still work out. If, if you're talking about four or six games, no, I, I think that's a, a much taller order. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll see what plays out here. It's, it's another one that fills into sort of a, a pattern in decision-making that, that you don't want to see. Um, but it also feels like this may pass over without anything really happening, at least based on the current report. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. It only came out yesterday, but... This doesn't feel like it's going to rise to the level of a, a lengthy absence for for Tyreek Hill. If there's any, you know, uh, any resolution to the issue before the start of the season or before the end of the season, quite frankly, I, you know, we're still waiting for Alvin Kamara and, and other things from from 2022 to uh, resolve themselves. So I, I think that it's. it's it's a long shot to think that this is going to affect his availability in in, the, in a few months. Okay, so from diva wide receivers to running backs, do you expect Saquon Barkley to be a training camp holdout 
And would that be a good idea for Barkley if he did that? Yeah, look, I, I think that it's the, it's the business that the Giants chose. It, it is, it, it, it's what happens when you franchise tag a player. And, and you know, Tony Pollard has signed his franchise tag. I, I think it's wise for a running back to do that. I, I wouldn't want to do anything like Le'Veon Bell did, certainly, and, and go, you know, where Barkley talked about perhaps sitting out the season. I, I don't think it goes that far, but... Uh, I think there's no reason for Saquon Barkley to risk tearing his ACL in the summer when he's got no contract for 2024. I, I think it's a you know it's a legitimate risk and one that he's been through. He's been down that road, and and for him to obligate himself to that kind of risk for for a team that won't extend him anything beyond this year, I, I would imagine is is a a real consideration in his mind. Um, I'd be surprised if a contract is reached. Um, and I'd be surprised if he's not there by week one, but I wouldn't expect him at training camp without a new deal, no. Free agent Dalvin Cook, uh, is there a best landing spot for him, and how much should his numerous, you know, multiple shoulder, shoulder surgeries uh, you know, maybe scare some teams off, or does that limit his options? Scare me off if, if I were counting on him to be a, a kind of workhorse back, but I don't think that's going to be the case anywhere he lands at this point. And I don't think, you know, quite honestly, I, I think he wants more money than he's going to be able to get, which is why I, I think Kirk Cousins said last week that, that he doesn't feel the doors closed on a Vikings return because Cook may wind up making whatever money the Vikings offered him in a pay cut and may not be able to top that on the open market and, and say, I'll just stick with what I know and, and put time with Alexander Madison and, and go forward in Minnesota. If not, I think Miami, the Jets, even the Cowboys make sense as, as teams that are looking to gild the lily a little bit in their bid for the playoffs. And Cook, as a guy who can catch out of the backfield, run, good pass protector, do all of those kinds of things, he, he'd be a good fit for – any number of teams, but those, you know, those are ones that have already come up in conjunction with him and I think are real possibilities for, for where he could wind up next. Talking with Josh Alper from Pro Football Talk. Okay, on to some quarterback things. Uh, the Chargers. Uh, will they avoid Justin Herbert's threatened training camp hold in? I, th- I think more likely than not, you know, whether Herbert has a deal or not, I would I would think he's there and practicing. I, I think he knows, as much as everyone has been blown away by his physical ability and his talent, the team hasn't won enough. And I think they feel this year they have a lot of the pieces, you know, they have all the pieces set up. They're going to need to be good from day one if they're going to really challenge the Chiefs and the AFC West. And I think Herbert knows how much those things will reflect on him especially if they were to fall short this year of expectations that Brandon Staley won't be back for another year, almost certainly. And then what, what would a new coaching staff do? What would a new, if you change general managers, what, what kind of change in direction in the organization would that mean if things go really you know, off the rails this year, if he gets hurt, something like that. So I, I think he's going to want to maximize their chances this year. And, and my guess is that they find a way to get a deal done by training camp just to take all of those questions off the table. Joe Burrow, uh, to my knowledge, hasn't threatened to be a training camp holdout or hold in. 
should the Bengals you know, take care of him before the start of the season? It'd be wise. Better to get it done than, than not. You're only uh, The only two options are the price tag keeps going up or something disastrous happens and your franchise is in disarray. Uh, obviously, that would be a chance after after signing Burrow. But once you sign Burrow, you can start dealing with T. Higgins and then Jamar Chase next year and really figure out a way to, to cement the foundation of this team for as long as possible. And I, I think that's something that the Bengals should be very interested in. They, they haven't traditionally been big free agency teams. They've been very good at building their team from within the last few years. They've been very smart about the choices they've made on both sides of the ball. And Burrow will make them a more appealing destination moving forward if they can't hold on to Higgins or they can't hold on to Chase or, or some other things were to happen. So I, I think that locking in Burrow is, is vitally important for them. Uh, and I think that happens because I think Burrow is about as happy in his situation as any player in the NFL right now. The 49ers, uh, Valley Product, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance also on that roster, obviously. When both are healthy, who's the starting quarterback? Uh, Brock Purdy, if, if they're both healthy. Well, you know, it, it seems wild when you're comparing the third pick in a draft and, a, and the last pick in a draft that Purdy's more experienced and he's been better in the NFL than Trey Lance has. He's, you know, Trey Lance has not played a lot of football since he left high school. Um, it, it, with, with COVID and then obviously sitting on the bench and last year's injury, it, it's he hasn't played enough, and he hasn't done enough to say that he'd be a favorite over Purdy, who showed that, I mean, if he doesn't get hurt, there's a good argument that the 49ers make the Super Bowl last year. And so I, I think that that's a there's a huge gulf between them. Lance can make up some of it while Purdy's still recovering, but if, if Purdy is healthy in August, I, I think there's no question that he's the starting quarterback. And, and I don't think that it's a sure thing that Trey Lance would be the starter over Sam Darnold if Purdy isn't healthy. So I, I don't really see that being an of issue in San Francisco. The AFC East, we discussed them. Is there an NFL team outside of the AFC East that you think has made the most improvement during the offseason? Yeah, you know, I, I think that it, it's hard to it's hard to look at anything other than, you know, when you talk about improvement, just getting Aaron Rodgers and, and obviously, you know, the Dolphins batting Jalen Ramsey. Those, those are those are huge moves. But I, I think you're going to – and this is a, a lower caliber one. But I, I think that the Houston Texans are going to be respectable this year. And it's been a while since we've said that. And I, I think that C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson were really good state picks at the top of the draft, and I think they've done a lot to upgrade the overall talent on the roster. And just having a coach where you know that he's going to be there for more than one year, and you have a coach who has actual support from an organization that that doesn't have five cooks in the pot, you know, in the kitchen at, at personnel level anymore. You have a clear leader in Demeco Ryan, and I, I think that's a huge and significant difference. I don't know that that is going to give them a chance to challenge the Jaguars in the South, but it's not a good division. And, and if they can be better than the Colts and the Texans, which I, I uh, Titans, I do think is in reach. Uh, you, you know, you never know. It's these, you always get these teams that wind up around 500 at the end of the season, and you're not quite sure how they got there. And, and it wouldn't shock me if the Texans are one of them. 
All right. Uh, how about a team that perhaps surprisingly did not step up and do enough in your mind during the offseason? Well, you know, I, I think you, you, I, if you exclude teams like the, the Cardinals, who, who seem to be, you know, moving away from immediate contention in, in hopes of, of solidifying things for the future, uh, I was a little surprised that the Falcons didn't make a bigger swing at quarterback. Um, to to buttress or replace Desmond Ritter. I, I I mean I know they like him. I know that they have high hopes for him and, and like that little audition that he had at the le- end of last season. But I like the talent across the board on that team, and I, I do wonder if he isn't if he isn't good that that what you do next then because then you're you had a chance this year with some veteran quarterbacks to to make a move that, that would have been a little bit more interesting. And I, I'm not even talking about an Aaron Rodgers-type swing or, or trading up in, into a higher pick to, to go for an Anthony Richardson or someone like that. But I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing a, a Gardner Minshew or a Baker Mayfield or, or guys that just have been successful NFL starting quarterbacks in the past um, over, over Taylor Heineke. Um, as, as the only other option in town, and, and have a real full-throated, fully you know, fully vested competition for that quarterback job. I just think it was a little passive for for a team that that has a real opportunity in that NFC South. I, I think to to be the champion, it's a lot of eggs to put in the basket of a quarterback who no one's quite sure about. Okay, uh, last up, I, I was going to spare you the Cardinals, and you know, more importantly, me of the Cardinals. Um, but uh, you brought them up. Are, are they currently? Is this currently the worst roster in the NFL? I think so. I I, I do. I think I, I think the you know the quarterback's the most important position, and, and you have Colt McCoy and and an injured Kyler Murray. It, it's not it's not where you want to be. Um, your best defensive player doesn't want to be on the team. Uh, it, it, it's hard to see any any real like high high echelon talent. You, you have these guys, these vestiges of the last system, Isaiah Simmons and, and David Collins and, and guys who are players, but they're not. They, they don't appear to be difference makers. They they don't appear to be guys who are going to to really push the needle in any direction. I think they're really well suited. To grow from here, that trade to to get the Texans' first-round pick next year was a very good one, and I like that they were looking in that direction, and they really understand that that this season is going to be a struggle no matter what. But uh, yeah, I mean, if I were betting on anyone to be the first pick in the in the draft next year, it would be the Cardinals upholding that selection. All right, Josh, we always appreciate it. Get lost for a while, and uh, we'll uh, drag out some of your knowledge in a few weeks. Thanks. Sounds good. Have a good one. You too. Josh Alper, Pro Football Talk.